So when did you realize you need to get into the hard seltzer game? When was it like, all right, it's time to pull the trigger? Or was it always like on the top of your mind, it just kind of came to a, a, a point where it's like, it's inevitable? Um, we're live right now, right? Are we? Oh, we're live. We've all oh, we're live. We've been yeah. live we've been, since you walked in the door. We've been live. Okay. Yeah. And my answer completely changes. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, we, you know, we sent, we kind of saw the trend forming in the last couple of years. And then I think seeing some other breweries take on hard seltzers, not in our market necessarily, but, um, naughty seltzer, um, out East, there's a brewery. God, I, I don't even remember what name, what the name of the brewery is, but it's, it's nautical themed. So they came out with naughty. Oh yeah. And then that was like the moment where I was like, wow, you know, craft breweries are really well positioned to do this. We have all the equipment, we have all the know-how, um, and then White Claw happened and we were just like, okay, there's something to this big time. We should step up and do this because one thing that we've always tried to do at Bauhaus, the, the whole reason that we exist was trying to be innovators instead of just being, you know, playing along with what everyone else is doing. Um, and sure. for us initially that manifested as let's bring craft loggers into the craft beer conversation because there aren't mm. any breweries that are focusing exclusively on that. Um, you know, every once in a while you'd see a brewery have like a, a traditional lager, you know, shells does some phenomenal traditional examples. Summit does too, but no one was really doing loggers with a modern, you know, twist. Uh, because I think there's this sentiment among brewers that loggers are like sacred. You don't touch them. Like they're perfect. When ironically, loggers are the most recent innovation in beer. Like they only started being produced about 150 years ago, whereas ales have been produced for 5,000 years. Mm -hmm. um, so it's kind of an interesting perception there that brewers have. And we thought, you know, lagers are so varied and interesting, and there are so many flavors that American beer drinkers are unaccustomed to that, that exist in other areas of the world, you know, particularly Germany and Eastern Europe, where those types of beers have thrived for a long time. But we thought, you know, let's, let's put our own spin on this and brew lagers to our taste. Because I think that we have pretty good palates, pretty good taste. So mm -hmm. we were like, you know, other people will probably get down on that too. And there was a need in the market. So we, we took it. And, you know, we had the same, the same feeling that inspired Bauhaus was that, you know, there's not a lot of breweries doing this in our area. Now there are three others. Uh, but we're only the fourth to market over out of a field of 170 plus breweries in Minnesota. So we're we're in the early stage of the uh, stages of this game um, and right right when things are really heating up. And then oh, just yeah. just like the way we, you know, really thought about how we introduced Bauhaus to the world and, and really thinking through the brand and, and, and doing a lot of uh, uh, work behind the scenes to make it show up on the market fully formed where it's like. It's not like a work in progress, and then it's eventually going to turn into Bauhaus. But it was like, this is it, right out of the gates. Of course, we've iterated and gotten better and gotten better, and we've changed our tap room around. We've, our events have gotten better, et cetera. But like, that's a how we needed to approach Bolo, was like, if we're going to do this, let's make sure we have a brand and make it different and make it feel like it could stand on its own. And that's why we took all summer. It's like, yeah, we kind of missed the peak months of seltzer season but luckily this is a year-round thing oh yeah it's and not going anywhere no mm -hmm. not at all and so it's like do we want to make sure the brand is going to be amazing um and we want to make sure we've tested enough batches to be like okay here's the recipe it's going to be economical it's going to be sustainable and it's going to be great and it's gonna be good and it can be consistent from here on out and so we waited and did that and it's like 
let's be smarter and not just throw it out in the market and see what happens. So is it officially out? Like, are is this it in, week? It's going to be in stores. It's yeah, our, yeah it's in stores to, like as of like Today? yesterday. To you know, Whoa. okay. And, and we've 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 just sold through our entire first batch, and our distributor is hounding us for more. So wow. beautiful. We're. Uh, I wish that I. It's could, never happened. I wish that I could hurry. <laughs> yeah, I wish that I could hurry up the biological process of fermentation, but we have our limitations, and uh, we got to wait for it to finish. But uh, in another two weeks, we'll have plenty more um, on the shelves. But uh, it is available now. Beautiful. Wow. So to give some context, this is uh, the Bauhaus boys, uh, Matt and Mike Schwant. Recurring guest, Mike Schwant. Recurring guest, Mike Schwant, his brother, Matt. Hey, boys! Yeah. So we're back. We're finally back. And to give people some context, uh, the Schwant family, who else started the Bauhaus? There's another family involved, Yeah, right? so it's my, my wife and her family. Okay. Uh, my wife, Lydia, is our CEO. Oh, okay. Um, sort of den mother of the brewery. Um, <laughs> Keeps us all in check. Yeah. <laughs> Love that. And then uh, my father-in-law, Howard, and I actually homebrewed together for about a decade and that's sort of where the beer brewing thing came from um i've been brewing since 2005 and we just geeked out on brewing we we built a pretty amazing homebrew setup um that we actually use now at the brewery as our pilot system um but we have a history of that and we we decided you know let's do a family business let's let's try to do kind of what shells did 150 years ago and what uh anheuser-busch started out as um, let's let's take that into the 21st century and be sort of a new model of the family-owned brewery. Dope. So there's yeah. What, just wanted to build some context. That's seven awesome. of us, seven and eight, eight, yeah. eight family member founders, and um, so no yeah, our, monger, our younger brother Mark is part of it. My wife, um, Mora. So that's Mora, Matt, Mike, and Mark. Um, <laughs> lots wow. of M's. Lots of, yeah. of M's. Yep. Oh my god. And it's just a constant game of uh, puffing out the chest. Yeah. In, in the family business, I mean, you gotta get your, <laughs> you gotta get your voice heard. I'm guessing. So it's just kind of like, hey, have you have you heard me speak recently? Right. Right. Yeah. Well, I guess it, it kind of started that way. I, in a, in an essence. Because we all thought we had answers when we all were green and had no idea what we were talking about, but we figured it out. And I feel like now we have less egos than we ever had because it's about finding the right solutions and being okay with not being in control all the time and figuring out that there's other... We hire people for a reason. We let people go down certain lanes for a reason because they'll come back with answers that we may not have. And that's... Totally okay. I think that, and I think that represents sort of a shift of us, you know, understanding business a little bit better now. I mean, this is this was our first entrepreneurial effort, um, and we've learned a whole lot. But I think that now we're a lot more results driven than mm-hmm. we are, you know, letting our egos get in the way. Yeah, I love that, man. This is our first entrepreneurial journey, and we're heading into our the final part of our third year doing this. Congrats! And yeah, no, it's been crazy. And it's really cool because, like, we're getting – we're kind of in this mindset of, like, again, it's more kind of geared towards the results aspect of things. But just, like, reflecting back on already this year alone, I mean, we'll be well over – well, actually, not well over, but we'll probably – this will be the 102nd podcast we've done since February. Wow. I mean, think how much – That's insane. The Results only come with action. And it's, like, the amount of, like, things you have gone and put into action. I mean, you guys had – your badass boat party this summer like yeah boatchella like (laughs) i mean that was it's epic that you guys have already moved this thing so far forward Mm -hmm. and it's it's very cool yeah we appreciate that and speaking of boatchella is there a way that you guys can get your license partnered with uh river uh, paddleford riverboat company by 2020 
I, I'm sure we can. <laughs> because yeah. this damn this damn city wouldn't allow us to bring on Bauhaus, and we're like, this isn't just not right. I mean, the people are asking for Bauhaus. Yeah, we got to get it on this boat, and then it just got shut down because of distributed 1930s yeah. prohibition yeah. laws. Well, that's so. I mean, that's odd. Like, well, it's like you obviously had alcohol. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, and so it all that would be needed to be done is the whoever runs that purchasing uh arm from the boat would just be like all right i'm gonna reach out to artisan your distributor and get some Bauhaus." like mm -hmm. and that's what should be very easy and that's what's gonna happen this next time because we're doing it this that event happened within like five weeks yep so we just we didn't plan an, uh far enough in advance to make these these oh things there happen. it is yeah it's it's a slow moment but Bocella 2 is happening 2020 nice uh january 20th of 2020 no no nice. june 20th not June. January. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. We'll throw like, it in January yeah. if we want. My bad. We'll do anything for this company. We'll do it twice. <laughs> yeah. But no, we're not doing it in January. Cold June twentieth, twenty twenty. Yeah. Cold cella. Cold cella. Oh my god. We should just do Coachella themed events throughout the year. <laughs> Quarterly. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Mm -hmm. That's what it is. Are you so with Bolo, are you guys gonna be uh filming a new commercial coming out? Get so, for that. Okay, this is actually really cool and I can I can share this. I'm not gonna share what we're doing yet, okay. but um so I work. I still work in an ad agency, uh, in ad agency, at Fallon in Minneapolis, and I thought this was the perfect opportunity to try to convince them to take it on as a pro bono project because we don't have the money to pay for the fees that they would usually ask any given client. So uh, I went to our CEO and our um, head of finance and just kind of pitched this, where it's like, you guys haven't done anything local for i mean since when like decades like it's been a long time since fallon's done anything to for a local brand or for anything that's minnesota related that's not part of like a like a like a non-profit situation mm -hmm. you and know? fallon's been around i mean they're one of the original ad agencies in the, of the twin cities right yeah. yeah and one of, and became globally known and had offices all over the world um especially like in the 90s when just killing it they were mm -hmm. doing awesome um yeah, didn't and they have miller back in the 90s they had miller i mean yeah. they had they've done you know Citibank and you know northwest airlines when that was around before it was right. delta it's right. like they had re really big clients and they were doing awesome bmw they did all the bmw films like great oh, wow. great stuff mm. i mean that was pre-youtube content marketing before anyone knew what that was and they were short movies i mean it, were, it was a brilliant brilliant idea but now i'm like I've been working for this company for a while. I would wonder if now they are, would be interested in helping us and, and bring some of that amazing creativity to the forefront. And they're like, yeah, well, you can do some kind of pro bono trade. And so, you know, it's going to, we worked it out just the numbers that makes sense. And today we actually went to our new offices. These guys came, the rest of the Bauhaus crew came and they showed us their pitch for how we're going to market this beer. It's, it's so Dude. perfectly stupid and amazing and i just i'm very i'm so happy it's on brand because you guys on, have a unique brand it's yeah. on brand but at, at the same time we went out of our way to sort of separate bolo from bauhaus um oh, it, we that. we created uh separate social handles a separate website um it says buy bauhaus brew labs on it but mm -hmm. that's that's about the only association that we're aiming for with it uh, not that we don't want to use the goodwill that we've established with bauhaus to to help this brand get off the ground but we wanted to avoid cannibalizing our own beer sales um, just, you know, by you know, substituting hard seltzer for it. We wanted this to live on the hard seltzer rack and not compete with beer, uh, because even though there is a crossover, you know, if you took a Venn diagram of 
hard seltzer drinkers to beer drinkers, there would be crossover, but uh, we wanted to speak directly to hard seltzer drinkers. So there's a little separation there, and that is the reason why you may not see uh, a lot of video content similar to what we do with Bauhaus, because okay. that's that's something that kind of lives in the Bauhaus brand only, mm-hmm. but... Uh, I think you guys are going to be very, very. Yeah, you're going to respond very positively to what's to see what uh, what we got going on. Here. Yeah, is there a release date when we'll be able to? We're will I, the universe will be able to catch this. Well, I mean, it's just going to start. It's going to start just cascading. You'll okay. just start seeing stuff, <laughs> and you'll just be like, "What is this? Is amazing. This is so dumb." And it's just going to. It's it's perfect for the times. It's like you got to think about White Claw um, markets itself as being for like athletic people and there's like if you look at their their feeds and stuff they're like someone doing yoga someone's like rock climbing and it's like it feels like it's trying to be crappy Michelob Ultra Ultra. advertising the workout beer yeah exactly and and it's like okay let's not kid ourselves the White Claw Chronicles Instagram handle that's all memes that someone is making and that's that's what the culture is that's what White Claw really is Mm -hmm. and it's like that's what this culture is. It's about as basic as it gets, man. Like this is like, does it taste good? Cool. Can I get drunk without getting fat? Yes. Cool. That's it. There's nothing more. Like that. We should not try to go any harder than that. Will it's I a, not but, get heartburn when I drink this? Right. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> we all had to buy in. The reason that this year, this summer has, or summer 2019, will always be remembered as the summer of White Claw was Andrew got heartburn all of a sudden drinking like normal beer. So as a house, we all bought into G and T's and White Claws. Yeah, and we haven't turned back. And it turns out every single other millennial Gen Z kid has done the same thing. It's, yep. been, it's really interesting though to see like the the progression because last year in 2018, 2018 it was frowned upon. Yeah, 2018 White Claws were still around, just as prominent. The sun was still shining, and you know us 23 year old white guys i was like i have a beard i have a beard we're getting screwed i can't drink a hard seltzer yeah (laughs) and then all of a sudden this year we're doing the same thing and it's national it's global we got everybody tapping into a Mm -hmm. market and this market like i I really like what you guys are doing in terms of like making uh not or basically just separating yourselves but still influencing Mm -hmm. and showing everybody that your appreciation or your dedication to a specific market because mm-hmm. the hard seltzer spiked market is a market. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. And it's sure. not going anywhere. Yeah. I mean, if you think about it, people enjoy cocktails like gin and tonics and vodka sodas because it allows them to have something refreshing and not feel full and heavy. And it that's what, that's what this is. It's, and we were talking about it earlier today, but like Zima, I don't know if you're, if you guys were probably too young, if you remember heard Zima, Zima, heard of it. That was right. like, and I'm in like you know 16 in high school. It's like if someone showed up with Zima, you're like, oh, the this you know chick drink or whatever. But then I'd be secretly like, oh god, I like this so much better than beer, <laughs> you know. But it failed because it took itself so seriously, gotcha. and it tried to act like it was this awesome thing instead of just going, it tastes good, drink it, <laughs> you know. I mean, yep. like it's not, there's nothing much more than that. It's really not complicated. And the thing that became interesting for Seltzer is that. It could be drank ironically and seriously simultaneously, where it's like, yeah, it's good and refreshing, but I can always hide behind this if I'm an in- insecure male who says, ha ha, isn't it funny we're drinking White Claw? 
Because it's like it's an easy cop out if you feel insecure about that. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think people just gained confidence in 2019. I think so too. Yeah. A lot of confidence was lost in 2018. People were all scared and whatnot. We all had to make a joke about all of us going in there and grabbing like a couple racks of white cloth. Now we go in there confidently and usually have a like entourage come in there with us. It's a lot of momentum going into a liquor store now. Yeah. <laughs> also, I, straight storm the doors. Storm, yeah. storm the doors. Uh, live, just live updates on uh, where I'm at. So mango, very good. Mm-hmm. I tried the dragon fruit now, even better. I know. This is the, ranking. The, it's in my top two now. So when, number one for sure. When we were doing um, flavor testing for dragon fruit, yeah. um, the first thing God, I there's thought There's already of, a story behind it. <laughs> yeah. I had this sense memory of when I was a kid, and one of my favorite things to do the day after Halloween was just open up my pillowcase and take a huge whiff of all that candy, like mixing together. And dragon fruit, like that, there's something in that flavor that I smelled. Yeah. And I was like, that takes me back. If it takes me back, I think it'll take others back, too, because that's a powerful sense memory for a kid. Um, that and- is not at all what I would have thought. But now <laughs> you say it, I'm like, whoa. Yeah. It's like chewy sprees. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Which are like one of my favorite candies growing up. And yeah. And, you know, does anyone really know what dragon fruit tastes like? Have you ever seen or tasted never a, seen dragon a dragon fruit? fruit? I don't even think it exists. exists. Yeah. Well, I think it tastes like chewy sprees, and I love it. <laughs> That it's is awesome. hilarious, dude. Um, Matt, I actually kind of want to dive into your story a little bit because I, to be honest, don't know anything about you. <laughs> All right. Um, I got filled in. Yeah, from Mike. Andrew, fill, fill us in, dude. Ten minutes ago, and I feel like a bad host because <laughs> I should have offered it. We have LaCroix and Waters downstairs because I realized Mike filled me in. You had pancreatitis. Yes. In 2018? 2017. 2017. Yeah. And as a brewmaster, uh, you're not allowed. You sh- you're fr- it's frowned upon to drink alcohol now. Right. Right. So let's walk through the story of in 2017. You you get the uh, the notification that this is happening and kind of walk us through that that time frame in your life. Yeah. Well, the notification was extraordinary abdominal pain. Um, yeah, it's not a phone notification. It's yeah. not like I got a text <laughs> yeah. message. Yeah. It was the worst. The worst. Uh, physical, you're fucked. Is <laughs> the worst physical pain I've ever felt. Um, and it, it started in my abdomen and then like over the next five or six hours started radiating out to my middle back and it just kept going and I was like, nothing was working to, to help it. I, I tried, you know, Advil, um, tried a little cannabis, like nothing, nothing was helping. And I called my father-in-law who's an ER doctor and I said, Hey, I'm having these symptoms. What do you think? And he said, I think you need to go in and get a scan. So I did. I went over to Methodist Hospital, and they said, yeah, you're going to be inpatient. You have acute pancreatitis. You can't leave. And I was like, I didn't even know what that meant. I was, I was like, what do you mean, pancreatitis? They're like, oh, it's something that happens like if you drink too much alcohol over a long period of time. And I, not like a day, like, like over years, you know, a, a long length of time. And, you know, I've been drinking beer since I was old enough to drink it. I started... My, my my interest in craft beer started back when I was in college uh, in Nashville, Tennessee at Belmont University in 1998 when I started working at this award-winning brew pub called Bosco's. Um, and I never looked back. I loved craft beer from that moment onward. And uh, I guess I didn't really start overindulging regularly until we started the brewery and it was just always there. And then there's a lot of stress with owning a brewery and I mean any business that you start – but, you know, a manufacturing plant with all sorts of things that can go wrong all the time. And then in an increasingly competitive market, start drinking more and more and more. And it becomes a really regular habit. And, you know, I still don't think that I was 
drinking to the point where like you would say I was an alcoholic, um, although I, I guess I don't even know what that term really means. Especially when it's tied to a business where the more you drink, the typically like you're part of the pal the palate that right. is like yeah. the taste test yep. to mm-hmm. your market. Yep. So you can't physically say that unless you were, you know, being an asshole. Right. Yeah. <laughs> right. True. So, you know, for whatever reason, probably a lot to do with my physiology too, I get this pancreatitis. And I spend three days in the hospital and fortunately, I mean, it was only three days because I hear of a lot of people who have had pancreatitis that are in for weeks or even months or they have to have their abdominal fluid like drained over a period of a year or two or something. And uh, that sounds like no fun at all. So I got off pretty easily. um, But, you know, the impact that it had on me was huge because Mm -hmm. I don't want to experience that kind of pain again. And, you know, if you go back for pancreatitis, chances are it's going to be worse than it was the time before your pancreas is already injured mm. um and it can shut down your organs and it can start shutting down other organs and it oh, can also no. you can develop chronic pancreatitis which is just where you have that pain all the time oh no and uh yeah so no bueno don't want that so i i cut way way back and now i don't really drink at all anymore um i still do a lot of quality testing um uh, but it's always spitting um oh, you know I, I do sensory analysis and stuff and i i still design recipes um, but fortunately, I've also got a brew staff now that helps me out with a lot of that stuff. Uh, but yeah, seismic shift in my whole mental well-being and mindset. I mean, and for the first year after that, it was a pretty dark time for me mentally. Yeah. Um, trying to figure out like, well, what's my identity now? Like you don't start a craft brewery because you think you're going to make a bunch of money. You start it because it's a passion project. And that's what it was for me. You know, after a decade of homebrewing with my father-in-law, Howard, we started our own brewery like we'd always threatened to do like after a few beers during a homebrew session it finally made it a reality and then all of a sudden this happens and it's like well this is this is a curveball i never saw coming yes and this changes everything for me um but over i guess this last year um i really started looking at it a different way um Mm. i felt like my perception of of things just like everyone's perception of things kind of goes through their own unique prism and I was focusing on one of like the wrong panel of that prism. I was seeing only the negative stuff. Um, when I started looking at other pains in that prism, I was like, you know, this is actually super beneficial. Not only do am I never hungover, so I'm always ready to go in the morning, um, ready to work. I'm far more productive. I'm way more in tune with the business and managing the business. I'm better with my relationships with my employees and our fellow owners and investors. Um, so there's a huge amount of positivity that has come out of it. And honestly, I don't miss the beer that much. Um, that's sacrilegious for me to say, but I'm just going to say it in, in, in the interest of total transparency. Like, yeah. I really don't miss it that much. I lived, th- what, two decades of having as much beer as I could possibly want. Like, I I get it. The golden years, as some would say. Yeah. 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 So, I, you know, I had that. I experienced it. It was great. I loved it. Um, but it does. Yeah. But now it doesn't need to be, but it doesn't need to be my sole focus now. Yeah. Yeah. It's incredible. And that's it's a, also that's a kind a of freeing, way. right? Yeah. It's like, it's not, it's not your necessarily identity anymore. You can build your identity now and, and yeah. realize like how many other skills and talents and interests are out there. And it's right. like beer is not at all. The thing that's really interesting to me about this is it helps shed a lot of light on this business in general. Like it's kind of messed up that, Every time that you go to like a gathering of, um, you know, the Minnesota Craft Beer Guild or whatever, it's like everyone has a beer in their hand and you're kind of expected to where 
it's the only job that you can have where you can drink all day and it's not frowned upon. Like, mm-hmm. you, you know, that's, that's, a, that's an odd thing to do because if you think about what you're just saying, how many other people in this business are stressed the F out and, and just cope because they have beer at their disposal at all times. It's, it's kind of like this weird double-edged sword. And yeah, it's like kind of tone a line that yeah. not a lot of other people do. It's kind of unnatural when you look at it in the scope of like a, of like not only a business, but, like a community of businesses an economy almost of yeah these types of people mm-hmm. and it's it's like i mean i love i love to drink and and socialize and it's like i'm never gonna like fault anyone for that but it should probably be talked about more that there could be a very dark you know underlining issue that could be festering that maybe people should talk more openly about yeah that's i mean it's something that you see uh, the National Brewers Association addressing a little more than they used to, but it's still not widely talked about. I think the impact, uh, the, the biggest impact is with sales staff at breweries because when they go and visit accounts, they're expected not only to sample out our beers, but they're kind of expected to buy beer from the retailers as well as sort of a sign of goodwill. Mm-hmm. Like, hey, Got you it. take on our beer, yeah, we'll spend a little little bit at your establishment rub shoulders with other other uh, brewery sales reps that are there. Um, and that that's like a daily thing that you're expected to do. And I know a lot of brewery sales reps who just had to leave the industry in the last couple of years because they couldn't handle it anymore. It was terrible for their health. It was terrible for their well-being and mental, mentally and physically. Um, if you wake up hungover every day, that's, uh, that's going to take a toll. Yeah. yeah. I mean, God. we could do it in college. We can do yeah. it now. Yeah. <laughs> But that doesn't mean it's good for you. <laughs> not, right. not good for us. Not good. Yeah. It's so it is funny though. Like to your point, um, like waking up and being like just feeling sober and attacking the day to yeah. clock on like a Saturday or a Sunday is like the most rewarding thing of all time. Yeah, it really is. And we're Andrew and I. We usually do sober October. Yep. And that is like such a cool, rewarding month, um, for a lot of different reasons. But one in particular is like your productivity. Through the roof, through the roof, because you're yep. just like up and at them and at your day when you have the most time. Um, what's really cool is um, we just had Coach John Tower on the podcast, who's a uh, he's a psychology professor at St. Thomas. He's the head basketball coach at St. Thomas as oh, well. Cool. And he did his dissertation at Madison on intrinsic motivation. And we asked him, we're like, hey, what what is your definition of intrinsic motivation? And he goes, you wake up on a Saturday. And you have an entire day to do whatever you want. What would that be? And if you think about it, that's exactly what you're kind of going through or what you go through in, in, in sober October is you have this Saturday open where it's like you're sober, you're like energized yeah. and you have a full day to do stuff. You're going to you're going to work your ass off on Bauhaus. I'm going to work my ass on back off on back pocket Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and we're going to have a full day and it's going to be the most positive thing of all time. Yeah, I will say going from being a regular drinker to just having to not drink at all. The first thing I noticed was how much quicker my mind functioned Mm. and it freaked me out. I was not prepared for the barrage of ideas and stuff Mm, that mm -hmm. my mind was processed like my my processing speed just went up through the roof. You're like and, I have superpowers, and I kind of rea- yeah, I kind of <laughs> yeah. realized you know I've been kind of handicapping myself the last couple of years, mm-hmm. um, you know, by drinking so much, and now I mean I, it it was freeing in a way, and I, I see that now. I I didn't see it like that back then. I, it just freaked me out. Yeah. 
with uh, with your family, how has that been? Um, have they tr- have they taken on some of the aspects that you brought to the table previously, and they've just been kind of like filling in the gaps where you wouldn't be able to play a role into necessarily anymore? Yeah, I mean, uh, definitely. Uh, my my wife Lydia has the best palate of anyone I've ever known, um, and she was a lot of the reason that you know Bauhaus beers taste the way that they do. Um, because she's got just a great sense of like balance. And um, she used to work at this great restaurant called La Belle V um, in the Groveland building, which is now PS Steak. Uh, but that, okay, I drove past that the other day and I finally realized that that's actually a steakhouse. Yeah. 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 It yep. doesn't look like one. It looks like a hotel. No, it's not like, like an addendum it's, to like a, a letter too. somewhere. You know, like, yeah. Oh, PS, we got steak too. That's got to be like $120 <laughs> a head. And like, it's, minimum. uh, it's, it's, you know, it's, it's priced like a good steakhouse. A good steakhouse, but I, it's fantastic. Okay, yeah, the the, the place is incredible. I we'll put highly, that one on the company card. Highly yeah. recommend it. Company card. <laughs> uh, but yeah, Lydia has always had an affinity for you know chef driven food and craft beverage, and um, she's helped me out a lot with uh, doing you know sensory analysis and um, helping me to sort of check my head a little bit. Um, I think more than anything, just being super supportive of me, knowing that this took a big toll on me mentally Mm -hmm. and trying to help me find my way back and, and find my way back into the game. Absolutely. And then on the flip side, Mike, how are we doing over on your side? Are you, are you having to overcompensate for, um, our buddy Matt over here? Or is this like, what, what is going on? I, I really want to tap into you a little bit in terms of like what you've been up to the last freaking eight months, dude. Cause yeah, all over the freaking place. Yeah. It's been, it's been wild, man. There's a, you know, it, with uh, with you guys, we kind of sat down at the beginning of the year and we mapped out goals. We like we yeah. hung out and we figured out what what do we want to try to accomplish this year. And it was awesome because it's a bunch of people that didn't know each other and all had some stuff that we could share and then get somewhat accountable. And it's like the second you air that to someone, um, especially ones that are like not your friends who you can just kind of go, ah, oh, well, why, why I just didn't want to do that anymore. It's like it's someone that you don't know that well so that when you put it out there, it's out there. And so it's kind of like if you don't do it, you kind of have to just say, I'm not going to see you guys anymore <laughs> like, yeah. mm-hmm. or, or have at least a reason why you pivot. Right. And this year has been I mean, it's been really interesting. It's it's been tough and awesome and eye opening and just all the things because uh my kids are getting older. I've started realizing more and more like I need to really push the gas on starting kind of my own thing and figuring out how to navigate like a business that I could kind of run by myself and leave the ad world so I can have more time to be working on Bauhaus and the stuff I, I love. There's like so much more fun to be had and so much more creativity that I can unleash with with these guys um, if I had the time. And, you know, I have a very demanding job. And so it, we uh, we've had an interesting summer where we uh, had to leave our office space in March. And that kind of w- was what started throwing a wrench and everything, because we worked in a temp space all summer long above Sex World uh, downtown Minneapolis. Right. On. Right. Right. It was in the in the same building as Alter. Yeah. 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 And, and so, I mean, these offices and I, I, I do not want to fault spaces there. There are great people who run that spot. But like. It was not set up for us. Like we were, it just didn't. It was work. designed for a bondage gallery. Yeah, exactly. It just <laughs> that was. A, it was weird. It was weird. Um, but like, I mean, conference rooms that were like ninety degrees all the time, and it's just it. And technology didn't work, and just it was a tough summer. Um, I've been working on like a new client, but in the meantime, 
to the whole point of what you guys are saying, like you wake up on a Saturday and crush it. Like I have found how to stick with a morning routine that has gotten me amped for the day every single day. And it's like, I know my situation is not necessarily exactly how I want it to be. Um, but I know how to have, I've, I've mapped out the plan now, you know, and that, that, it take it took me a while to figure out here's the step one step two step three and also learning to let go of any expectation of how things will unfold all you can do is put in the action all you do is wake up and you say this is my intent this is what i'm going to do this is what i'm going to put in for the day and as long as you keep cutting that that tree you know it's like it's one little swing at a time and eventually you're going to fell that tree you know so as long as you keep that in mind and never worry about how it gets there or be excited to be surprised by something else happening and shifting your path a different way and not being like no that's not that's not the path i wanted to go on it's being open and going oh well now i see that and now that makes sense that that's where it's going to be like this because like anyone that ever has like really accomplished like a major goal would never tell you it was like this straight line. It's like, Oh, Nope. I'm back here. It's all over the place. And then you just have to be certain that you're going to get there. Yeah. However it is, it doesn't matter. This is why I get fired up when you come on the podcast. And now I'm remembering how I felt when we had our conversation back in October of 2018. And I mean, we talked from uh, your musician career, uh, Bauhaus, psychedelics, Mm -hmm. uh, uh, trying to gain as much focus as you can in your day, meditation. Mm -hmm. I mean, we were talking about it all. We we unpacked in about an hour and 20 minutes. Yeah, we went hard. We went hard. And I remember walking away. I'm like, I am ready to run through a wall. I'm ready to tackle the world. (laughs) Yeah. And because we all, all four of us have those urges just to like do something great to do to make an impact positively on a bunch right. of people and do what we love mm-hmm. and trying to do that every day is a challenge and it's a um, it's a rewarding challenge because we have those high expectations and we want to meet those high standards all the time right and then once you do you're like all right let's try to do that to another level and maybe in another area and it's at some point it becomes a little bit of a burnout and it becomes a little bit exhausting mm-hmm. so you have to find something to bring your back down to even keel and yeah. all right, let's, uh, let's breathe a little bit. Let's make sure our health and well being is good. And this is, this is firing me <laughs> up because I remember talking to the let's fucking go Inc group yep. and the yep. accountability in uh, February, January. And, uh, even then moving that forward, uh, it it's like had to get that out there and we were yeah. going to try to like meet quarterly and it's like obviously it's like it's tough but we i think if we continue to do that even at the beginning of the year just setting intentions then you see what happens yeah but hold on like how about how great was that email that we got uh what two days ago oh right like the the two guys who i i don't remember their names but they trevor wanted, and harry trevor and harry one or is start it travis like a, oh man yeah, he, who the, yeah hey dude who cares well, i just saw him last night i should remember the, do- this. the yeah. domino guys <laughs> yes. they literally set this intention for the people who don't know the these guys set uh, the, this intention at this let's fucking go group that uh, Mike put together and they sent us an email out of nowhere. Like <laughs> this was in a reply all chain of like 20 emails. Like the last hey, reply, does Tuesday at April work. Does this day work? Does this day work? Yeah. yeah. The last email in that chain was April of nine, uh, 19th of 2019. Yeah. And we get the email two days ago and, we go, and the headline was, I know this chain is dormant. Yeah. <laughs> I know this chain is dormant, but we just achieved one of our stones. And I was like, that's fucking awesome. And it's funny because <laughs> then they end up doing it at Bauhaus. Yes. Like, Bauhaus, yeah. well, and now we're doing it the next few months. And it's, yeah. it's so cool because like people were down last night and they were playing, learning dominoes. And that was their whole goal is like, they want to spread this game and make a, 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 a real community of, yeah. of it. They're Domino's influencers. Yeah. It, which is crazy because it's like, I get it. 
playing like playing some dominoes i'm like this is this is a crazy game this is fun it's like if you can have a people that are like ready to pick up and slam on the table and you just have dominoes flying everywhere it's like there's a lot of energy yeah it's cool it was was that and like touching back on your point about expectation like that is something that um we we got hot in like summertime we were crushing podcasts just having like big guests after big guests and so we started like trying to figure out where this where back pocket's gonna go just through our uh, with our high momentum and start setting like expectations and really trying to go for them and you know trying to fulfill those is great like that's that's the drive you need day in and day out but to your point the release of fulfilling those expectations is kind of what Mm -hmm. keeps you on that like even keel path because you got to have to kind of accept the fact that your your path is going to be all over the place um, but I just related to that heavily on, in terms of just like, we set all these expectations, met absolutely none of them. And I was just like, dude, do we just like fail? Like, do we just, do we just blow it? Like what happened? It yeah. Was awful. Well, I mean, what's, what's freeing to realize, like you didn't fail. If you, if you gave up, that's one thing. And then that's, I used to give up all the time. Uh, cause I, I, I have so many interests and so many things I wanted to chase where I'm like, Oh, this is the new thing I want to, I'm going to do. And I would get bored or it, it, but really happened is it got hard. And I was, I had enough skill sets to go chase another path and start acting like, Oh yeah, I, this is my interest now. And that's just bullshit. That is the excuse you give yourself when things get hard because everything that, you have been working toward is going to have resistance no matter what, whether it comes from the outside, whether it comes from inside, mainly inside, there'll be some resistance. It's always going to happen. You try to build something, something's going to be trying to pull it back down. Mm -hmm. And as soon as you are right about to have something break through and some door open is when it gets exceptionally hard. And that's when everyone quits. And that's when I used to quit on everything. And I'm like, I'm not fucking doing that ever anymore. And it took me till this year to really, put that into high gear and and be excited about the journey and it's like who cares um how long it takes who cares uh you know if it goes exactly as planned just be in the now and and work as hard as you can in that moment and then see what happens Mm -hmm. just be okay with that that's that's how it's gonna go Mm -hmm. freaking love that by the way just opened the lime yeah and this is very good that's that's what i started with now now i'm kind of feeling my, my palate is now on fire i'm just i'm just feeling it dude i think uh man this the lime is just very tangy it's yeah. kind of a it's kind of a gin and tonic with lime and a or a vodka tonic and lime you know gin, pre-made. Yes. no i 100 percent great yeah i'm sure you created this so i i understand that description 100%. but i mean it, it yeah. feels like you just crushed a lime in there yeah mm-hmm. oh you ju- yeah you know like when you get a gin and tonic or yeah. vodka so first time and the lime's on top you take yep. it off you squeeze it in right yeah, there. Take a sip. the first time yep it's so tasting like that, dude. Awesome. Uh, a delight to the senses. <laughs> oh. oh, yes. Phenomenal. What has been kind of a, uh, a thing that you guys do to help uh, just in your daily life to make sure that you're even keel, staying on path? Uh, do you have like a practice within the Bauhaus team or just like personally every day to try to make sure that you're, is it uh, like goal setting or meditation or mm-hmm. something along those lines? Um, yeah. Mike, Mike actually this year turned me on to meditation and... You know, I, when I was saying earlier that that first year of not being able to drink was really having a toll on me mentally, I feel like I kind of reached my rock bottom um, where there was a lot of despair. You know, there was a lot of dread every day. 
you know, wondering, trying to figure out my identity now and how I could still make this business work because I'm still financially tied to this. Like personal guarantees have been signed. Uh, my financial future is hedged on this company's success. Um, so that all that pressure on me, you know, was driving me down. Um, and it was, it was a bad, it was a dark time. And I was willing to suspend disbelief and try something that I had never tried before. And Mike really encouraged me to start a meditation practice. And I started out pretty, you know, pretty light, like maybe five minutes at a time, um, using like the headspace app or insight timer. And, um, the, the, I, I didn't do it very regularly starting out. I, I, I understood that it made me feel a little bit more relaxed, but I didn't really get it until a few months later. And this would have been like what April or May this year. Yeah. And something just clicked and I started feeling so great after my meditations and it would last with me longer than the meditation. It was something that I could carry with me through a pretty good portion of my day. And it's, it's gotten better since then. And now it's to the point where if I could just sit in a room eight hours a day and meditate, I totally would. I know it's, it's crazy. It's, it's it feels it's, it's selfish though. You know, that's right. not, that's, that's the, that's the weird flip side of it because when you get so into it, it's, I mean, you you feel so just powerful and connected and you could sit there all day and, you know, there's nothing wrong with that. If you like, maybe there's a point where you want to take like a 10 day retreat or something sometime, but learning how to carry it with you throughout the day, because you can change your entire energy and then, and put focus and on, this is what I'm going to put out into the world all day long. And if once you get tuned into, that's the thing you can keep with that all day long that's golden yeah could you detail a little bit out of um how you meditate is it the sure. uh, is it the breath aspect is it the letting go of thoughts or thinking deeper within thoughts type aspect which kind of avenue do you go down so it depends um in the mornings it's it's uh it's a breath meditation i do 20 minutes first thing when i get up it's all breath um because your brain is still in in that uh sort of semi or different different consciousness you know your sleep consciousness which is more conducive to um you know, sort of benefiting from meditation um, and, and reaching your, your inner consciousness, your subconscious. Because your brain gets more impressionable when you're in that state. It's like more like the theta brainwave pattern. You will take on ideas and embrace them better in that state. So The waking up stage? Is yeah, like right, right at period right between sleep and being alert. Okay. Um, that's why hypnosis works for what it does. It brings you down into the theta stage. So when someone gives you suggestible ideas that you can really take take them to heart, because huh. you and that's I never knew that. That's essentially why doing it in the morning is awesome, or or late at night. Okay. So that's that's my breath meditation, and then after lunch, I'll just go sit in my car, find a quiet place in a parking lot, and I'll just I'll do like another thirty minute meditation. Thirty. Yeah. Whoa. That's and that's that usually for me is focusing on intentions and okay. like what do I want to accomplish, you know, today or tomorrow or in a, in a week? Like, what do I want my dominant intent to be? And I focus on those things and try to put myself in a really positive emotional state as I'm doing that. Um, and that after that, I come back to work feeling totally invigorated, refreshed, just ready to attack the second half of the day. Um, it feels great. Mm-hmm. And then on the weekends, when I have a little more time, I will sometimes do like a full hour. I Last weekend, I actually did a two-hour meditation. 
Dude, um, you're like way into this thing. I got wow. yeah, yeah, it's all because of this guy. I just I got way into it, and um, I mean the benefits are so they're so palpable, they're so evident. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, everyone who everyone who knows Matt is like guaranteed. They're like, whoa, dude, you uh, you're different. <laughs> like, but in like <laughs> you've changed, but dude. in the best way, where it's just like. Everything's yeah. There's like there's not this sense of worry or anxiety, yeah. right? I think that if there's a unifying theme among all those different kinds of meditation, my personal goal is just to get to a point where I am constantly in the present. Okay, mm-hmm. I'm not worrying about whatever happened in the past. I'm not inventing worries that may or may not happen in the future mm. because neither of those things are real. They're a construct of our mind. The yeah. only thing that's real is what's happening right now. And that's if you can get there and not let your mind, you know, take you in different directions. If you can focus on the now, I'm convinced you can do anything. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just stop time traveling. Just right? stop yeah. it. You go back in the past, you you get depressed because you're worrying about things that did happen that you can't change. You get all anxious when you start getting your mind into the future for things that have not happened, but you've created scenarios. And the thing is, if you focus on worst case scenario, sure, I mean it might be, it's okay to think about proper planning for like okay if this happens here's how we solve it if this happens this is how we solve it this you know what i mean you can think like that but the second you start bringing emotion into it and getting very worried and scared about a possible worst case scenario what do you think is going to come back to you that's the, that's the energy you put out it's like yeah you're gonna get shit results because that's all you're thinking about if you create your own reality in the now and you're always in the now thinking that then eventually that's exactly what it's going to be yeah that's that's where I struggle mightily. There will be times where, you know, I'll we'll have some sort of presentation or idea, concept, maybe even an action in the now that would influence my thoughts in the future. Mm-hmm. From that, I just dive headfirst into that rabbit hole. Okay. Oh yeah. And it and it's and it's not because it's negative, it's because oh, I see an opportunity. Yeah. Let, let's go down there. And so what I'll do is I'll just travel down that and then I'll circle back and almost like forget where I came from. Yeah. yeah. There, okay. And I should say there's nothing wrong with trying to vision your future yeah. in a positive way. In fact, that's exactly what everyone should be doing. So that's, that's your, that's your healthy time travel. It's like picture yourself achieving your, this is what I do every day. It's like, I'll, I'll do it. Basically we, it's a tuning in to your future potential kind of thing. Okay. So it's like, this is like, I wake up at like five every day and, and, and meditate for an hour, an hour and a half on this. And it's because like a I got I you know my kids get up early and I'm like I gotta have some time for myself here so get up early but also once you get into this regular time period every single day that's when you get the benefits of just it's the repeat value so of it's it. the consistency consistency that really is, makes a difference I mean it's key I used to only kind of toe the line um, with every day it would be like ah oh, once a week or once every couple of days and then it, when it was every day and at a specific time it's like that's when it's like Oh, every day becomes a revealing aspect where I'm like, oh, there, oh, I haven't thought about it like that. Oh, okay, you know, all these things keep happening that reveal new ways to think and new perspectives you can have, which is amazing. But mm. when it comes to the tuning in, it's like I'll envision what is my ideal version of myself or what is the ideal goal I want to achieve that right now. That's my intent. And then the real key is seeing it and like really seeing it and feeling it, understanding how it would be if you actually were already there. 
what's what would your body feel like what kind of like emotion would you be in if you like accomplished whatever it was that you wanted and then just go there and be there because like that's the energy you want to carry with you all day because that's what's going to attract that kind of stuff in your life you put yourself in that headspace and you'll start seeing opportunities more yeah that help you get there you're more likely to tune into those if you put yourself in that place and carry it through the day, you know? Maybe, like, something as random as a sign in a window that you never noticed before, but because you put yourself in that place, that inspires some idea for you. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's just, it's, you know, whether you believe in luck or not, I think that there's a lot of value in trying to place yourself in luck's way as much as possible. Mm-hmm. And so if you can get to that place where you start noticing things that you may not have noticed because you were too cynical or too negative or cutting yourself off from your potential by not allowing yourself to even entertain the thought of achieving something better. Um, you know, you're handicapping yourself. hundred percent. Yeah. And that's like the penultimate experience of meditation. That's why everyone is starting to believe in this, in this movement of mental health and, yeah. and doing it with meditation. Exactly. Right. Because a lot of people looked at meditation and when they started practicing it, they're like, why am I doing this? And they were questioning themselves even in a practice where you're not even supposed to quite like, right. It was just, you were well, breaking immediately. And then as soon as you're like, you're like scolding yourself for thinking of thoughts when you're not supposed to be thinking of thoughts. Yes. And it's like, that's, that's not what it is. That's the thrill of it all. Honestly. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> you stupid bastard. What are you, you doing? Motherfucker. Yeah. <laughs> I, so that, that was one thing I wanted to ask. Like, um, in terms of different types of meditation, because mm-hmm. for myself, I've I've tried different avenues, and um, you know, if you're listening to, for the first time to the marketing interns and you've never meditated before, start with five minutes, close your eyes, focus yeah. on your breath, and just it's honestly back to your point, just the consistency of dedicating five minutes, yes, right. dedicating fifteen. And then minutes. the Schwank guys are level; these guys are freaking legendary. These guys are level fifty well, I, meditators. I would say the, the reason that I dove in, like I said, was I was in such a bad place mm-hmm. mental health wise like a year ago i was willing to try anything right and, right and i mean some you know things that were healthy for me not willing right. to try anything anything yeah. but um well uh, <laughs> wow, wow, wow. <laughs> but it that that really it really turned me around and i i just dove head in you know head, head first into it and yeah but that that is by no means that it needs to be like no. the goal for every this I mean, is, everyone has to take it on their own terms and decide what's best for them and i never feel like the thing that you could ever, the thing that would ever stop you from ever progressing or even getting into it is thinking you needed to do it a certain way. It's like, yeah, just start small. That's it. Start small, five minutes. Because like, the first time I tried, five minutes felt like an eternity. Yes, mm-hmm. it was like, oh, what? How? How? What? Like, that's like I open, open my your eyes. eyes peek I'm at like, the timer. what? Yeah. Um, but the key is. Is that, yeah, just focus on your breath. Like, that's the easiest way to start and realize if you think thoughts, all it's all it is about noticing that you're thinking of a, a thought yeah, just and just go, and just go, oh, well, I can let that go. And it's like, it's just like a little cloud just disappears. So that's it. Yeah. Just, just, and it's like, never, never scold yourself. You just, you just sit there and try to get more focus. It, your brain can be treated the same way as any other muscle in your body. You can just exercise it and focus is a skill. Like it's a skill. Like awareness is a skill. You can learn how to get tighter and better at it. That just takes time and practice. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. And something that's helped us in in a in a way of meditation is asking ourselves what is our average quality. Yeah. And Mike knows this because he's come on our show and unpacked his own average quality. We unpack our own average qualities every single day. 
these are things we do do well at times and other times not so well at the end of the day it's our average quality Mm -hmm. and it could be something that you care about deeply and every single day you're just trying to improve that a little bit you want to be the best brewmaster you know you're not the best ever and every single day you're trying to get a little bit better Mm -hmm. because you know you want to get to this this ultimate level um and i can go and i'm going to ask you guys what your average quality is so if you want to think about that for now while yeah. i unpack mine sure and declan will have his wow, as well dude. yeah no, one's, jump no right one in. even needs Ooh. to really ask you what your average quality is you're yeah. just you're just gonna give it to yourself yeah tee, tee it up dude yeah I'm, i teed myself up i got the driver in hand and i'm ready to hit a 300 yard bomb uh, <laughs> <laughs> um my average quality right now and i was actually unpacking this in meditation the other week was uh or is um my relate my idea of a relationship um with uh women yeah and unpacking this this is this is going to be funny to you because uh coming out of a relationship your your confidence can be one way or another you could be like all right i am better for this i can i can be the best person i can be with another person i could be the best person i can be independently i don't or you can think very unhighly of yourself right. and be in this kind of weird state and I've been battling that a little bit for the past few weeks, past few months of just like, where am I at? Why don't I feel like I am? Why aren't I confident in myself to be who I am when I'm out in the social setting with others? And that is my average quality right now. I, I have this like weird tendency to inflict self-doubt in myself, mm-hmm. to put myself in these future scenarios where I am unsuccessful. And I do that time and time again. Mm-hmm. And it's ultimately just hurting my, myself because I'm future thinking and present thinking of things of how I failed in the past. Mm-hmm. And I, I wanted to bring up this exact um, average quality because you guys have been leading down the, the path of staying in the present and challenging yourself to look at what's happening right now. And that is like the, the, I feel like the most um, vulnerable situation you can possibly be in is opening yourself up to another person yeah. and, uh, um, on, and looking at it in a way of like, Hey, this, it is what it is. Whatever happens, happens. Just be yourself is something I'm going to try to challenge myself every single day. Mm-hmm. So I went deep there because I was vibing with what you guys have been saying for the past right. 50 minutes. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and I thank you for challenging me. To have we already been going that long? Wow. Yes, we have. It's a good combo. It's a great combo. Um, so I, I know I started deep there, and that's why I'm going to pass the baton to Deck, and I, I guarantee he's going to take well, it down a whole different. Path. Well, hold on. Let's, okay. let's before before you do. <laughs> yeah. I just, it's like this is this is interesting because there's a point that I was gonna gonna make, and this is a, another thing to think about. So this is something I've learned over time, especially from meditation, and especially from there's one guy that I have drawn to who's a great teacher um his name is dr joe dispenza and he's got an incredible story it's too long to get into right now that would take us on a whole new tangent but the idea is this whenever you have something happen to you in your life whether it's like a, a trauma or or just even some experience that you might take badly you uh you get you know stressed out you start releasing your stress hormones you start releasing cortisol and you're like worried something happened something bad happened to me and then you can have a moment where someone goes oh what's wrong what happened to you oh well this thing happened someone left me or i got in an accident or i had this happen or i lost my job i got fired something something can happen right and then the next week it goes from like just being having an emotional response to a situation becomes a mood because you keep repeating that and someone goes oh what's wrong well i lost my job a month ago and it's like okay and then all of a sudden you keep living that it's a year later 
you're worse and someone is asking you what's wrong oh well you know i got fired and then now all these other things have happened and it's because you are reliving that moment over and over and over again because you keep revisiting it and so you tell yourself that's my story now that's why i'm in this situation because of that thing and the problem is is your body is not ever meant to be in a constant state of stress like that one situation like if you you know if you had a relationship that you broke up with like broke up with someone you could always go back to that and start revisiting well like with emotion like oh i feel bad about this or this or that and the more you do that your body starts releasing like survival mode hormones and and cortisol and stress related like uh, uh things that keep your body in alert that is such an unhealthy thing to perpetuate over and over and over again and it just creates this cycle where you are just living in the past like that's what it is because you keep revisiting the same situation that's the hardest thing to let go of and realize every time you go back and think of something your brain can bring you right there so if it's a bad situation you're just reliving it over and over again your body doesn't know it's not happening and it's very hard to go back in those moments and not do it with emotion exactly look at it as like almost like you're a bystander and trying to look at it okay analytically almost and being like oh i felt like that because of that that's there's no it's not a wrong uh, reason for feeling that way but that is how you felt right so and there's that fine line yeah of balancing well it's it. like how do you get to step out and be the observer yes and go what are the lessons i learned from this and that's it then that's, you can move on that's a it's a tough place to get and i'm not saying too. it's easy no it's incredibly hard to go remove yourself from yourself and be the observer and just go why did that not work out or why did that happen what can i learn and without having any emotion attached to it and then you know take it in and move forward as, mm-hmm. as a better person you know yep emotional intelligence dude there it is mm-hmm. yes wow that's it this is fun yep this is good fun i was gonna say my my uh my average quality i got two of them Ooh. first one is uh me saying in back pocket saying unpack more than anything that we've ever said <laughs> and Andrew and I realized this when um, we, we had a listener on our show. Yeah, we had a listener on our show. We had like a couple people come up to us and even like our buddy Mark, our good friend, his uh, his dad is like unpack. Like he's always like very, very deliberate when he says that to us. And I'm realizing like we say that word more than anything. So we got to switch it up again. Like this is the problem with hearing yourself talk all the time. Yeah. Right. You realize you say the same goddamn words every every single podcast uh, words like um unpack words like nascency penultimate i use that today already we say that we we have not used penultimate enough that one i think of way there's like a stock the market scale. Yeah, yeah there's like a stock market of back pocket words nascency has come and gone dead um we're already in the falling action of unpack and i think we need to rebrand a dive in i think we can use i think that's something there okay i've already now started a new brand of saying bombastic more think we can get into that one <laughs> um, so there are more words that we need to use you just got to sign up for like webster dictionaries like email word of the day, day. word of the word day, of the day. Yeah, yeah. and we actually absolutely need to do that but what was funny is um uh i i will go back and listen to old podcasts when i'm in a like kind of a rut or i'm in this situation right now where like when we started season three we had this like a plan of attack of yeah, three podcasts a week, nine at nine Instagram posts a, a week, three per podcast. Mm-hmm. We're going to run this out. We have each theme for each podcast, um, you know, and that was that. And I had, like, just barely got into comedy. Uh, my work was pretty, like, 
decent, nothing crazy. But now I'm sitting at a time in my life where comedy's ramped up, podcasting's still the same, which is very ramped up. And then my work is like I'm coming to the end of like my job um, on this construction project. Mm -hmm. So then that's also ramped up. And I'm like, why would I ever why like why did I ever sign this contract? Or like, you know what I'm saying? Like, why did I ever sign up for this? This is like the dumbest thing of all time. Like, what am I doing? Um, but at the same time it was, um, so I'll go back and reflect. Mm -hmm. So I'll go back and like, listen to Mike Schwant season two, episode 35. And I'll go back and listen to, um, you know, or, uh, our coach Caruso podcast, all these other podcasts. And it's like, dude, the growth is nuts. It's so much fun to like, just have a little bit of a reminder. Like, okay, dude, it's not that big of a deal that you burnt out on September 20th of 2019. Like. The that's, 21st can be so much better. I mean, that's what's awesome that you guys get to do live journaling, like more or less. You know what I mean? Oh, oh yeah. It's like you don't oh, ha- and yes. you don't have to write shit down. I mean, you can still journal and that's awesome. I I wish I could. I mean, I'll get up and I'll I'll write like some like things I'm grateful for in the morning and like really make sure I am, you know, and envelop that. But like writing a journal, it's like something I always wanted to do as an idea but like this is the way to do it you get and then you can go back and reflect and go holy shit look how far our thoughts and just our skill sets have come mm-hmm. so uh, quickly and readily available that, that's something that i think everybody can be better at is like taking the time to celebrate your successes yeah because we don't do that very often we just look at where we want to go and we realize we we're, we're not there yet but we don't look behind, you know, with a whole lot of affection most of the time. But yeah. I think if you take the time to do it, you see all sorts of accomplishments that you should be proud of mm-hmm. because they all led you to this moment, mm-hmm. you know, and that yeah. that's a powerful thing. And it's not it's not to say that we're doing it the right way right now, but we've done enough work to this point to get us here. Yeah. Right. right? We're having these stresses because we work so hard to get here. Right. Right. And it's like the higher the higher the risk, the higher reward, I guess. But in the same sense of just like the harder you work, the more opportunities and mm-hmm. the, the places that you put yourself in. Yeah. And I think that is like something that I'm so proud of in the sense that like I get to be stressed out of my fucking mind because I started a podcast two and a half years ago or we start. <laughs> sorry. I yeah. keep saying I, we started a podcast two years ago. And like that's Andrew, who, that's cool who's shit. this guy? Yeah. I'm yeah. sensing yeah. another average quality. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I mean, like, that's that's really what it comes down to, man. I, I'm just like, really, it's it's cool to have Andrew because like you, we get to bounce these things off each other, and, and you have your family, and you get to work through all those exactly. ads and flows. Yeah. It's exactly. awesome having community doing it solo. I can't imagine, and mm-hmm. the people that are trying to do it solo. T- take those to, moments. Just take help. Yeah, just take, get as many people as you yeah. can bounce I mean, these off. Yeah. Dude, I'm I am. I am gung ho on the fact that I think every person in life can have a coach. Every single person. It doesn't matter if you like, oh, I need a coach for this thing or like, I'm not in sports. I don't, I don't, I'm not running my own business. It's like, it doesn't matter. What do you want to get better at? There are coaches for all the things. And it's like, it took me realizing this by getting a coach. Um, and it's like, I, I'm, I work with a dude online who just like, he he inspires me and continues to push me to 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 follow through on things and and stay true to the goals that I want to accomplish and it's like they're they're all there man it's like every single person could benefit and see things that they never saw that's why it's awesome to if you if you guys don't have like someone to work with and starting something from scratch especially entrepreneurial side you you can get a coach it's like you want to have a better relationship with your family or your wife or your girlfriend or whatever it's like or just be learn how to be better for those. There's a coach. I mean, it's all there. Mm-hmm. And it's like if you get to have someone as lucky as you guys are to have ideas that bounce off each other, or us as a family to be able to do that, it's 
it's so beneficial to be able to help lift people up um and vice versa amen to that yeah cherish those moments so now i'll ask you guys and we'll start with you matt okay what is your average quality um i've been thinking about this now since you said it i've got about 10 minutes to think about it and mm-hmm. i i think that if there's an overarching average quality it's it's my my tendency to stew negatively on past situations and giving them far more attention than they deserve whether it's a negative interaction with a person or just a general experience, um, I'm not great about pulling myself back from that and, and uh, just saying, hey, I can't do anything about it. It's in the past. Um, sure, it was a negative interaction with that person, but you know, next time I see that person, it'll be better. I'll make it better. I'll go out of my way to make it better. Um, but I, I have a tendency to stew on past things, and it's crazy what the mind does when you do that because it starts inventing things that weren't even part of that situation, you know. And you know, you start guessing the motives of other people, and oh, you know, and everything is cast in a negative light. And, and you, you predict your what's going to happen and next, you, and then you start using it to predict your future, and and you know, saying, oh, well, the next time I see this person, you know, I'm really going to take it to them, or I'm, <laughs> it's going to be terrible. They're going to, you know, light into me or whatever. Um, that, that's something that I've been trying, you know, pretty hard to overcome. Um, cause I have a, I have a big tendency to go negative and be cynical and I don't know what, what that comes from, but I think that's part of our, I mean, that's a family trait. Yeah. Oh, wow. Breaking news. Yo, yeah. The Schwab family's negative. Yeah. I mean, I think all of the, there's just, it's, it, there's, <laughs> the Schwab family been, has negative tendencies. There, there's negative yeah. tendencies to, for whatever reason, we've all kind of had to fight that same thing where we would. Uh, assume the worst. Yeah, like self-inflicting negativity. Yeah. 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 Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Do you think that, to flip it a little positively, do you think that um, anticipation of negativity or like that, like if I don't if I don't get my shit together, I'm falling off a cliff type mentality, mm-hmm. do you think that's helped you have success on the flip side because of how hard you work towards I, something? There's, there's I, honestly, I honestly don't think so. I don't think so either, but okay. it, we thought so at the beginning. We okay. thought that I mean, like, I before we started Bauhaus, I was a lawyer, and I, I mean, you're we're paid to anticipate the worst possible scenario. All right, real That's, quick. <laughs> now I get it, dude. He's so good at speaking; it makes sense. <laughs> that, that I mean, that's that's our that that's the whole job. Is I mean, if you're if you're in trial work, if you're in transactional, you're on the benefit of being on the front end of problems, hopefully trying to prevent them by drafting airtight contracts. But if you're in the litigation side of it, you're picking up the pieces, you're solving the problems, and you always anticipate the worst possible scenario so that you're ready for it but there is an easy easy thing to do when you're thinking like that and that is to not just anticipate it but accept it as a reality already and feel it and feel it that's the problem Uh, and when you take that step that's a dangerous step to take because your mind will just start running with it and all of a sudden you know you're a hundred yards down the field and it's it's not good yeah (laughs) you've lost all the help behind Mm -hmm. you yeah yeah Yeah, i mean there's like i think i'm just spitballing here i have no clue if this is accurate or not but i think that all three of us have been so prone to wanting to create our whole lives i mean we all wanted to be musicians full-time and be professional touring musicians that's like our whole thing he was in a band in nashville they got signed to epic records no or or we or no you were about to be and then they shelved the project 
It was it, it was not as far along as that. Um, well, either way, it, but it was we, close to we were shopping. We were shopping. This is a show where we can literally make up anything we wanted. We were shopping. No one's an gonna album. fact no check. No one's gonna fucking say nothing. About we were shopping it. an album, <laughs> and we it, we were we played South by Southwest in what 2003, mm-hmm. um, and uh, that was kind of our big showcase. Moment. Yeah, and then. Um, and then it didn't happen. Well, either way, as it as it doesn't for the millions of musicians mm-hmm, out there who mm-hmm. are hardworking and trying to make it happen. Yeah, and that's that's the thing is it's it's tough. That's a really tough game. Um, but you you also see really shitty musicians make it because guess what? They tried harder and they they stayed really focused on what they wanted to get. That's something I learned the hard way too. Because like our band, we got signed to a little label in town and we partied way too much uh and never focused on the business of actually growing and learning how to to be a professional musician we were just a bunch of amateurs that wrote decent songs but really were professional partiers more than anything and that was a bad place to be but i think like all three of us have wanted as since kids to grow to create something and when you want to create something you're always putting yourself out there you're not just going into the usual like doldrums of life following what's prescribed for you. And I think whenever you do that, there's always the immediate fear and the negativity of what if people hate me? What if people don't like Mm. what I create? And I think that's part of why I think we are, we've always had that tendency to go and stew on the negative because we've always known that we're going to put ourselves out there. I mean, like I remember when we first started seeing reviews come in for Bauhaus on Yelp and we're like, uh, okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna go close the door now. Like you know, I mean, you just get into this space where it's like, but peop- those are people who suck. They're they're taking the, <laughs> they're taking the time to go out of their way yeah. to express their negative their negativity, and it's like, it, I understand constructive feedback. I'm always gonna be for it, and now I'm never looking at it. But when it's just straight like hate, it's just like no, that's because someone wants to tear you down because they can't do they can't build anything, mm-hmm. and they don't want to be a stuck. part of the journey. Yeah, right. So be it. Right. And if they don't want to join this cool path that your your intention is to make a positive impact, and then that's so fine. be it. That's there's, fine. There's also just a weird product of our culture right now that you know there's there's a there's a thing there's a status in being the first one in to troll. <laughs> yeah, if you're the first one in to troll and it's like a masterful sick burn troll, that's looked on as like oh fucking sick burn man, that's awesome. It's like, yeah, you've just destroyed the product that someone worked so hard for, you know, and mm-hmm. it's like it spent so long crafting and it's like all of a sudden one asshole. But that's the thing. That's the that is that is the line you have to walk when you're putting yourself out there is realizing I know what my goals are and always know that there will always be someone trying to t- tear you down. But if you stay, if you are if you find the ability to stay in the present, those people don't matter and they won't bother you. Because what what matters is right here, right now. It's yeah. not what this person said online last night or whatever. I mean, honestly, last night. Yeah, that was pretty. There funny. was like the first untapped review of our <laughs> seltzer is is just horrible, and it's it's laughably wrong. Yeah. Um, well, this fuck person, them. Let's yeah. give them a good review right now. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I so my name's Declan. I just tried the uh, I tried the the entire palette. I tried mango. I tried dragon fruit. I tried lime. There's not any other. Drink. Yeah, that's cherry. You missed it. Cherry. Someone grab me a cherry. God damn it. I'll, I'll drink the mango. Drink the mango. You got the cherry? No. We don't have any mangoes. Anyways, cherry is great. I tried it, I swear. But hey, this shit's this shit's the future. And yeah. these guys tried hard for it. These guys are winning, dude. Yes. And I and not only are they winning, they transferred the winnings 
into me, dude. I'm, I'm I am very excited now that I can walk into a liquor store and buy Bolo because I am I'm full on board with the hard seltzer game, yeah. and I want to support Bauhaus more than anything. And I couldn't because like I was like I love home guys, and yep. I could. It was just giving me heartburn, and it was just bringing me down. I couldn't drink it anymore. Yeah, yeah. But then I was drinking short pants, yep. and I can drink about three or four of them before, until I start feeling get a little bit. Yeah, it, it's a little more acid reflux. So I was like, all right, I started got to bag it. So I was going to Fulton because I love to support local, yep. and they got their hard seltzer. Yep. But now we have Bolo, and I'm back. I'm back in the Bauhaus game. And just wait, nice. wait yes. for like another, I don't know, a couple weeks till you start seeing stuff. It's hopefully the way that we run our POS, like in the liquor stores, is going to have you just, what the fuck are they doing? And just it's going to be, it's going to be great. Sweet. Well, we'll we'll, uh, we'll film our reactions or document our reactions. Please, <laughs> right. please do. I don't, I'm not. Gonna, I want to. I don't want to even spoil it for no, you. Yeah, I'm <laughs> glad you're not. Yes. I don't. I don't want it. But now I, you know, update. Just tried cherry. I've now made the full round. <laughs> right. Of yes. Of the uh, the bolo repertoire, and uh, phenomenal. Yeah. So awesome. here's my rankings. The decky review. The decky review. Here we go. I review uh, seltzers. That's what I do. I'm, a, <laughs> I'm, a, I'm an influencer. You know, I, I review White Claw. I've reviewed Truly. I've reviewed all of them. And I know Fulton has a lot of Mio in it. It's kind of weird. Um, but Bolo. Mio? Rankings. They, they, do, they literally. If, this was my immediate review, and I take, I'm take. i taking credit for this one. You take I credit. I drank the Fulton for the first time, and I thought they just dumped a, a thing of Mio inside a plain seltzer and i didn't i didn't i didn't hate it but i just recognized right away i feel like they went with the mio route that's what his palate told them <laughs> that's what, you know what told me dude you got to speak your what your palate's thinking yeah, yeah sometimes that is you true. Go for it. yeah we can yeah. all agree on that right yeah. um so my rankings go dragon fruit number one nice lime number two yeah Those... which is like think about how hard it is to sell like lime because it's just like it's the so, vanilla of all yeah, the it's things. so pedestrian mm-hmm. yep thank you it's so basic yes. yeah but that's why we gotta do basic well, yeah, well, yes, you do basic better than anybody. Yeah, <laughs> and then I would say cherry at three, mango at four, because like mango is like the hot flavor right now, sure. and I, and that was my mindset. My pal was telling me that it's not that it's bad. No, they're all great, but dragon fruit and lime, they're they're crushed. key. They're good. That's We're also awesome. gonna slightly tweak mango. I think you said right. Maybe. Yeah, the mango um, flavor is not quite as pronounced as we'd like it to be. Um, and you notice that when you taste them side by side, the other flavors. Okay. So next time we'll up the mango a little bit and, um, it'll be right in line and just as delicious as it is now, but a little more mango. Beautiful. All right. Do we get, uh, Mike? We're on mats now. Right? Oh yeah, I know. Oh, Mike. Mike's average average oh yeah. We already had mats. Yes. Mike. Um, you kind of tapped into a little bit. So punctuality. It, Ooh, <laughs> you showed up on time. Well, you call me ahead of time. That was, per- that's totally mm-hmm. fine in my books. Mm-hmm. I'm not, but I'm not talking about just today. I've just in general <laughs> become a very non-punctual guy. I not not like not on purpose um or not to be a dick. It's just that I don't care. Um I don't know how that's going to other sound. people's time? No, not yeah. about other people's time. It's like if it, if there's a meeting, if there is something that's very like I need to be there, like I will make sure that I am there or if I'm not there on time, I have I've let people know. And that's, you know, I want to be a professional about and courtesy, courtesy uh, or courteous of other people's time. Like, absolutely. However, if I just think I I want to spend time more with my family when I get the chance. And the morning is the only time I get to have with my kids. And I just like to squeeze as much as I can out of it. And 
if that makes me, you know, 15, 20 minutes late to work every day compared to everyone else, I just don't care because this means more to me to mm. be with my family. Like, mm. and that's, that's okay. And it's like, if they, if they want to pull me aside and tell me not to, I'll, I'll respect that. And then I will, but no one has. So I'm just going to keep doing it. You're, you're polychronic. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow. I, so I just kind of realized something. We've yeah, polychronic. Good shit. Thanks, man. Nice. New word. Introducing new word, word, dude. Breaking news. We got a new word on the back pocket. Polychronic. Yep. Um, But I just realized something. So we've had a couple people talk about punctuality on on this podcast. Yeah. Have that, how that's their average quality. It is a conflict of the things you care about. Mm hmm. And if it is, yeah. And you will hold yourself accountable for what you care about. Yep. And then perceive the things that people hold you accountable for. For what they care about mm-hmm. your boss will hold you well quote unquote hold you accountable for showing up to work on time yeah but you personally will hold yourself accountable for spending time with your kids right so there's a conflict there mm-hmm. right your boss isn't holding you accountable however you are holding yourself accountable when it comes to spending time in the morning making pancakes with your kids right well it's like if you got you gotta think about like i don't know if you go back and get to reflect on your life. Are you going to remember all the times that you didn't remember with your kids or didn't remember about situations that were important because you were, you know, putting all the things into work? I mean, that's what I'm working so hard to do now is find ways to free up more time to be with the people I love, to show up for the things that matter to me. Because this whole idea of we all get to be stuck in a nine to five was this, you know, invented to keep people in line to keep people on a schedule so you could predict how an entire you know uh, uh population is going to act and 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 predict how your business will run by having people working these set times and it's like who the fuck says we have to do that you know i don't know yeah no well you're touching on something that uh i actually kind of stood up to my boss today he uh he was complaining about so i'm in the construction industry right and we're coming towards the end of our job. We're trying to meet deadlines. And he's just expecting everybody to work these 60, 70 hours, hours a week. Oof. And he's like, these – he goes, the industry has failed because people are not spending enough time on, like, spending the dedicated time on getting the job done. Not enough people are working 10 to 12 hours a, a, a day and then ultimately, like, 60, 70 hours a week. Mm-hmm. And I that's, just that's, – That's what he said. That's what he said. For, not verbatim, but pretty damn close. Sure. And I said – but what about the other hours of the day that they're spending doing other things? Like, why can't we look at the world a little differently and, and a little more holistically? Mm-hmm. Why can't we evaluate your work as like an output of time? Right. Where I show up every single day and I work and I get the work done that I need to and then I go home and do more things. I'm exhausted at the end of the day just as much as you are. Right. Mm-hmm. So it's this, it's this weird crux now, though, that everybody's being put in. Right, because mm-hmm. we're we're being forced into this this time frame to get all those things done. When I don't, I would argue that most people or some people would not actually get that amount of work done in, in at the, in the at the same rate. Right. What does your people. productivity look like in a day that long? Exactly. Right? So, I look at companies now that make their office feel like home, and people are willing to stay. 14 hours and work and and casually work throughout the whole day. Fallon, I think, does a really good job of that. Um, Lola Red has an incredible office downtown in Minneapolis. Um, But, dude, I work at a trailer on a job site, and that's, like, part of the whole thing. And I get that. And 
There's just a lot of grit involved. But what does that say about culture, too, though? This is your second home now, and you should, like, it, yeah, it's comfortable, but if the means are to get people to stay longer, longer and work for, if you have the same salary, and all of a sudden you're putting in way more time, but you're not getting compensated for doing so, yeah. and in the end... If you are raising a family, if you are, are do have like extracurricular activities or hobbies that make you really happy, what does that say about it? It's like that means that that shit's not valued. It's and it's a weird line to walk because if you actually love your job and you love that and you do have that environment, that's badass. Don't get me wrong, that's awesome. It is it is much more comfortable, but it is a weird thing in society to have creating offices to be as comfortable as your home so people stay there. I mean, there's ad agencies that have beds and cots that people can sleep overnight. That's fucked up. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, but selling it as a 30 minute nap is nothing. Right. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it, it it depends on on how you look at it, but at the same time, I think getting it kind of back to where I was going with it was was like we're looking at our lives as these like constructs of time mm-hmm. rather than the product that's actually put out. Exactly. Yeah. That's a good, very good yep. point. Yeah. And so I'm, I'm like trying to challenge that in a way. I don't know what that is, but like if if I'm gonna if I'm gonna wake up tomorrow as as a back pocket guy full time, and I have to hire a kid, and we have to run this company for the next year, I'm saying let's all get eight hours of sleep every single day. That's a blatant requirement. You show up when you want, you get your work done, and you leave, mm-hmm. and you yeah. go and do your other. Get things. your shit done. Get your shit done. That's it. Yep. Get your shit done. And it's like, did you bring value today? Did you bring some some value and impact that you helped solve a problem for someone? Yeah. Like if you can do that, that's all you need to do. And it's like yeah. you just keep you keep going back to that and making sure you do that. That the amount of time you spend means jack shit. I could go to work work twelve hours a day, but I'll be on Reddit for four of them. I mean, I don't know. It's like that's like kind of how it is. Breaking if you news. force that long yeah. period of a time. Now, if I can just condense it all and work my ass off and stay focused and then take a break and come back and get after it again and take a break, come after it again, you could get done with most of your work in four or five hours that most people would spend two days doing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's it's just like a, I don't know, it's kind of, maybe it's just a backwards way of looking at things, but like your productivity is probably the same. Yeah. Oh, yeah. For yeah. sure. And I, I mean, I, I'd, I'd be I think willing that to there challenge. are studies that, sh- that confirm that. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. I, I'm, okay. I would imagine. I mean, I know, an- I feel like anecdotally I've heard those. Oh, yeah, for sure. I mean, that's why like they, I, I don't know what country it was, like Finland or something, they started switching to a four-day work week. And their productivity is the same, if not better. Yeah, I yeah, I don't know if it was Finland or or Sweden one of those or, other companies or one of those other countries that are generally way happier than we are. Yeah, <laughs> well, and that's right. You just said it, right? That's the key word is happiness. So, like, if, yeah. if people were to start buying more into the happiness and the the productivity, looking at either of you as as fathers, as musicians, as uh, employees, rather than just employees. Mm-hmm. Then, 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 like valuing you as you as a holistic yeah, exactly. version of you, then that becomes something totally different, and that's kind of what I've realized in my own industry. Where, dude, the construction industry is based on time. That's why we wake up at five or three, four or five in the morning, yeah. right, and work till two, three, four in the afternoon, mm-hmm. right? Because it is on a time. Like you have to get work done during the day, sure. and it, yeah, and that makes sense. Yeah, but. The most successful, like, companies, the most successful people are the ones that value the people. Like, the whole. Mm-hmm. That, the that, holistic that, that, that work is it. one aspect of a life. Yeah. Yeah. Which was really cool because we had, uh, like, my, 
my boss had used the back pocket thing. It's not about the nine to five. It's about the five to nine. Mm -hmm. And he used that in like a monthly staff meeting. And like everybody bought in because like he was highlighting the things that wasn't even part of work. Right. For the first time. And you're just like, like, oh shit, he gets it. He gets it. Yeah. And he's like also part of back pocket. And it's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) There's another cool story about um, with him and his work. Uh, They were like backlogged with something um, a few months ago and they had to wake up earlier and earlier to get the things done. And one of the, const- they had like their team meeting and Declan's relaying the story to me and he's, and they described how one person stood up and was like, I got two hours of sleep last night and I'm here and I'm working my ass off. And everyone was like applauding him for like, get for moving forward and only getting two hours of sleep and working harder. And I believe you stood up deck and you're like, Hey, why are we applauding this man who's driving himself to, into the ground and into a negative situation that three years from now, he's not going to be mentally healthy because he can't or, or he, physically or physically yeah. healthy. Right. And, uh, and then everyone was like murmuring, like, Oh yeah, yeah, he's right. Like, why are we, why are we celebrating this man's two hours of sleep? But we need to get our six hour. We need to get minimum of six hours of sleep. And like you challenging that, um, community camaraderie over two hours of sleep, flip the switch. And they were like, Oh wait, we need to figure out ways to not allow our employees to have that minimal sleep. Yeah. I mean that, that must've been tough to kind of interject. Yeah. Well, well, what's, what's interesting about like, and I, I really do appreciate like the construction industry for what it is, sure. but like, I'm looking at my life as that, as that viewer. And I'm like, this is fucked. Like, I'm just looking at myself. I'm like, deck, you cannot live like this ever again. Like, right. Just understand. This is not how, this is not how it can work. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, it's, a, it's that exact thing of just like, recognizing like this is a very very traditional workforce and mm-hmm. work mm-hmm. place yeah. and it works and it makes and it builds the fucking economy well there's and no it, and argument it, there's no arguing builds i mean yeah. you get to have you get to see it's such a what a tangible way to show progress <laughs> you actually are building shit and then it comes to completion when we're saying getting is. shit done like i show up every single day with like fires and tasks to do to progress work to get the job done right. sometimes literally fires fire yeah, yeah. I, that's another fun story but like <laughs> it's it's been such a fun lesson to learn or an experience to have because there are still moments within that that i can challenge the status quo and like use that experience entirely for myself for whatever the hell i want to do later mm-hmm. yeah yeah, and like this is cool because you get to look back and be grateful that you got all these lessons from something that maybe it's like, if anything, you learned, I don't want to do this again, but there's been a lot I've seen in here that has taught me the value of this, this, and this. You know, that's, it's, yeah. that's the best way you can look at it. Like, I have had uh, uh, so many instances of, like, looking at certain jobs I had or when things were really stressful and saying, like, why am I doing this, blah, 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 and, and then if you can just switch that perspective to go, okay, yeah, no, I've learned. I don't want to do this anymore, Yeah, but I've also gotten all these valuable pieces of information and insight yeah. that I can apply towards the next thing. Exactly. Beautiful. Wow. <laughs> and th- these are moments um, where we, this is like the, the best experience we can have on a podcast. And I'm so thoroughly enjoying this with you guys and just talking about life and talking about, can I go to the bathroom real quick? Yes, you can. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I, I can, can I be excused? You may. Yeah. Okay. You can do it live. Thanks yeah. guys. Yeah. Make sure drinking bolos on bolos. <laughs> you know what I've got? Yeah, that's, yeah. That's my repertoire. I mean, they're, they're, they're pretty crushable. They are crushable. They're delicious. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, sweet. I get to carry the conversation now. No longer Jackie. This is the first time ever. <laughs> <laughs> Um, the next thing that we do on the back end show 
is transition to a what did you learn? Mm-hmm. And this is something that we just talk about. What did you learn from the moment you woke up to when we're having this conversation? And it's uh, an opportunity for us to kind of d- dive back into the day and actually like show appreciation. Like, hey, you did something today that you you. It's almost like going to the back of the aspect of sharing your wins mm-hmm. because not enough people feel comfortable bragging about themselves because it gets perceived as cocky. Yeah. So we always finish on a note where you get to either talk about something awesome that you did yep. or some like cool information that you learned. Sure. So if you could think of something off the top of your head, I'd, I'd love to give you the opportunity to start it. What did you guys learn today? Today was a good day, um, but I'll, I'll let you go first. I learned that there is an entire industry of people that just – have fun for a living and make up creative shit to sell products. It's pretty crazy. Right? <laughs> it's called the ad agency. Yes. Uh, yeah. Uh, the ad world. No, it was uh, this morning. <laughs> yeah, Cause he, this is the first time like Fallon has engaged with Bauhaus. Yeah. yeah. And then they, and pitched us. I mm-hmm. mean, I've never been a client on that side and I'm like, I'm just reveling. In well, this. you know, they're just, first of all, like the work that Fallon is doing on this project is just mind blowingly funny and cool. And it's going to be great for Bolo. Um, and you can just tell like they're invested in it. They're actually, there's passion there. Um, yeah. And- I mean, Rob told me to get, he's like, this is the most fun I've had working on something. And I don't know how long. So, said, so he said, thank you. And I'm like, that's what I wanted. I wanted to make sure that you guys got value out of doing this, not just doing us a favor. Yeah. So, I mean, that was like, that was the win for me today was having people be so excited about a product that we made that basically they're telling us, you know, the sky's the limit. You guys can choose to take this however big you want to take it and we'll be happy to be a part of it. But, you know, that's, it's always validating to hear people get excited about you know, something that you've created, Mm -hmm. Um, especially, you know, an agency like Fallon that works with national brands, you know, big, big brands that are, you know, prominent in the marketplace. They do all, they do Arby's right now. And that's all that work. That's great and funny and big and it pays the bills. But at the same time, we're not going to be an Arby's client where you dissect everything to like, well, this market research says this and this and this. And it's like, you, you know, that's just what you have to do because, you have to talk to the entire nation. The fact that we gave them a, a few awesome creatives the chance to work on a product like this where there's like, get as real as you can and just show us what's fun and, and interesting. And they mm-hmm. did it in spades. And it's, there's, I mean, this is going to be so fun. Yeah, <laughs> That's really cool that, you know, you get to see the stuff that you believe in, the stuff that you see all the value in, and then someone else equally sees that that's not even involved with the party right that's incredible that's fun Mm -hmm. yeah that's what we're trying to do with back pocket and getting sponsors every single time is just show them as much as that we how much we care about this and everything that the potential is there and then you got to pitch it in a way that they articulate it and they can understand it to them yeah so it's really cool and it does happen yeah that's sweet that's sweet what did you learn i want to bring something up real quick uh so first off what i learned is when you are a bystander listening to a podcast (laughs) This just sounds like a couple guys upstairs drinking beers and having conversation. When you were walking up the stairs back into the Yeah, I was like, oh, if yeah. like you were to just like walk past, like if this was like a public studio at a WeWork place and you just were like to physically just listen, you'd be like, oh, these guys are not getting anything done. <laughs> <laughs> They're just not getting anything done. But we are getting a lot of things done. Um, but I want to actually kind of question you guys um, in terms of a brand and what you guys do. And I know you guys do all those fun commercials and I know you guys do all, you put a lot of creativity towards, you know, visuals that end up getting 
awareness and then that kind of is the belief is that it would circle back into this community Mm -hmm. and then the community buys beers right um andrew and i are in a position right now where we have kind of like a like a network like we're kind of uh like a I don't know. Like I'm not gonna a cult. Well, cult. Yeah, we, but no. But it's like an ABC. Like we we're, have a cult. We're going. We're going live three times a week. We're very active. Like out there all the time, and we like have numbers to show it. Um, I want to know from your guys' perspective, like, what is kind of the value that you see in like a podcast or like? I mean, I don't even know what we are at this point, but like, is there um, cohesion? when from like a brand standpoint or is is that something that's attractive to you guys because what we're trying to figure out right now is like part of the sale is to fill a need mm-hmm. but to be honest andrew and i have no idea what that need is and so we, until we figure out what that is then we'll figure out who we go after but i don't know what that is so okay i can i can help you guys what you the easiest thing you gotta remember is like that money doesn't really exist it's like not it's 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 elusive like you just need to solve a problem. That is it. What is the problem? What are what are you going to solve? And in the end, you get something in exchange for solving that problem. Now, money usually is the thing that comes from it, but money just represents value. How much value did you give someone um, in solving a problem? So what you have to think about is, like, okay, what, what problems do we solve as a podcast um, and really get tight on? What is that problem? Or like what problems can we solve? Yeah, or what problems can we solve? Mm-hmm. We have an audience of, of, of listeners that are all um, listening because you guys are in the knowledge business. You guys share knowledge because you get guests on to share knowledge, to give people um, tips and advice and just ways of thinking and new perspectives that might change the trajectory, trajectory of their lives. You know, If you can use that as a, a, a selling point, you can find, um, you know, a company who's like, we really need to reach, um, you know, your demographic um, to try to get them to take these courses that they could help enrich their lives or something like that. And it's like, well, that's what we do. We are in the knowledge business and um, we have an audience that's, uh, you know, really uh, uh, receptive to those kind of messages. And that's like all of a sudden you're solving that problem for them. And if you can bring that and you can show like, Here's the people listening. This is what our show aims to do, and this is what people are learning. It's like all of a sudden, you've solved that problem, and then they'll maybe be a sponsor. You know, mm. I mean, I can I can think of one value proposition right now for your podcast, and something that you mentioned earlier, Andrew, is that um, you know not a lot of people talk openly enough about mental health, and mm. I think mm-hmm. that through your podcast, normalizing open discussion of mental health issues is a huge value proposition. Because I think that what that's absolutely right. people don't like to talk about it a whole lot, but there are so many instances of mental health issues among the current population, particularly younger generations. Um, and I don't think that older generations get that. I think that a lot of the, especially boomer generations are like, don't talk about that. It's not real. Just get yourself in a, you know, figure out, figure it out, you know, but I think normalizing the discussion, um, it makes people feel so much more receptive to the podcast that oh my gosh they're actually talking about this in an open and honest way mm-hmm. um 
I want to, yeah, not only do I want to keep listening, but I'm also interested in what sort of sponsors want to be involved in that kind of a podcast. Yes. And I think you're hitting the nail on the head with the way we frame it as we're average guys. We're talking about average qualities and we're just trying to be a little bit better today. That's mm-hmm. something. And my, my dad has always challenged me like there's something there. There's something there. And I think that yeah. mental health aspect needs to be unpacked as we love to say yeah, I mean, further if, unpack it unpack I mean, it yes. you, you mentioned it so it's something that's on your mind mm-hmm. it's something you're thinking about you know and it's been uh, a common theme for mm-hmm. this last hour and a half of yeah. talking about how we all struggle with different variations of anxiety or self-pressure self-inflicting wounds yep. all that stuff yep uh, so right on appreciate you sharing that matt mike what did you learn today oh <sighs> man um i learned that i have really uh I really respect the work that I get to do. Um, it, this is one of those instances where, you know, when you work in advertising, you often get thrown onto brands or projects that you may not love or be passionate about. And that's okay because you can find how to get passion into your aspect of the work um, because it's fun to solve problems. Like that's, it, it just is. But when you have a moment like today where, like Matt already hit it on the head, they these guys were very excited to share with us. And because everything was genuine and authentic and they thought about it so deeply um, on the, uh, the strategy behind all this work that we're going to put out, that it it's like it made me feel so good that this is what I've gotten to do. And I was like, oh, yeah, I, I needed to reground myself that this has been such a – just mind-blowing experience to be in this industry for as long as I have. I know I don't want to continue down this road um, for the rest of my life, but I, it just regrounded me to remember the best aspects of it because in the end, you do not want to go and disrupt people's lives with advertising. That is the way that you fuck it all up, and that is the problem right now when so much shit is being inundated on people and you can get millions of messages going out all the time and hitting people over the head that's fucked that's the that's the way that is going to get people freaked out and you use fear you use anxiety you know you use all these triggers but if there are ways to genuinely bring uh, um something empowering to someone or give someone a laugh give someone something that they didn't expect but it makes them feel some a positive outcome it's like that is what you can do. Like that is what good communication. That is what good advertising. That is what good, um, uh, just messages really should be. They should resonate. Make sure that you make something that solves a problem and resonates for someone in a way that's meaningful and, and positive and fun. And that's the kind of shit that we could use so much more of. And Mm -hmm. it's like, it reminded me of that today. And I'm just like, man, I am so grateful for these people and for just how their minds work. Beautiful. I think the the thing that sticks out to me the most from that is like the genuine and authenticity part of it because so many other things and so much work that I mean generates money mm-hmm. is rooted n- not in the it's ingenuine and inauthentic. Oh yeah. yeah, yep, absolutely. Right? You can make all kinds of t-shirt sales off of Facebook ads of just like targeting the right person and never knowing the person you actually sell to. That's mm-hmm. just a small example, but like and what's really cool is like for Fallon, like they're, they're so global. And so yeah. reaching all kinds of people for them to be able to pivot and use the same power towards something that's so personal mm-hmm. is 
amazing. And I, I could see the passion of both you guys of just being like so fired up. And it's because you guys are operating within exactly what the confines of what you love. Right. Right. Yeah. I mean, and like that's that that's yeah. that's the goal. That's living. Mm-hmm. Let me fail in the confines of what I love. Let me win in the confines of what I love. Regardless, I'm within the confines of what I love. Right. And what that is is just like is you and you're and you're still going to be Mike Schwant trying to do every fucking new business of all time. <laughs> but like that's Mike Schwant. Yeah. You know, I love that, man. It's freaking awesome. I mean, the, the thing is, like, true enthusiasm breeds enthusiasm. Yes. You can, if you if you bring, like, authentic excitement towards whatever you're doing, other people are going to feel that shit. And then they might do that for them. They might go, well, I'm turned on about this now. This is awesome. You know, it's like, that's what we felt coming back to us today. We're like, holy shit. It came back exactly the way that um, we thought energy-wise in a whole different way. And it's like, the way we're mm-hmm. describing this right now it's going to make it sound like we have this epic campaign. It's no, going to be the awesome, dumbest dude. shit you've it's ever awesome. seen. No, no, no. What's, <laughs> what's, what's really yeah. going to be great is, uh, I mean, I hope you guys can like share the creative with us so that I can create like a, like Mike Schwant saying, you know, something of about this campaign and then showing it to people Oh, dude, and like having him interjectedly put his thoughts through this thing to give you guys a little bit of a BTS behind what was actually created. And you can share that with your team or however, yeah, but yeah. like, I think that'd be hilarious. Yeah. And, and I haven't even seen it yet. Oh yeah. No, I'll, I'll, oh man. It's like, I, I kind of want to give you a sneak peek, but at the same time I don't. The ca- the, I mean, the, the campaign uh, uh, lends itself very well to that, that format. Yeah. Sweet. Oh yeah. Okay. Okay. I like so, this dude. Well, I'll, uh, I'll wrap it up on this note. Um, what I learned today is. Oh yeah. Well, hold on. Hold on. Hey, Andrew, what'd you learn, dude? <laughs> I learned that I got to uh, meet. Don't care, dude. I'm okay. just kidding. Yeah. Just best. I got to. I got to meet Mark. Oh I gotta yeah. Meet the third Schwan. Yeah. Uh, you guys are awesome. I truly appreciate you taking an hour and a half out of your Friday after work. We're, we're heading into the weekend feeling energized after this conversation. I appreciate the time you've given us, and that transitions right along to the feel good story of the Bauhaus community. Bolo by Bauhaus. We, you, didn't, you didn't learn anything else? You didn't learn that uh, AB got traded or a release from the Patriots today and you're super stoked about it? I, I do feel great <laughs> that Antonio Brown is... That was quick. Yeah. Uh, sorry. Yeah, that was quick. Very quick. Yeah. Life uh, is quick. He, yeah, he's in the wrong. Um, he, my train of thought with Bolo. Uh, I appreciate you guys coming here and sharing the story of Bolo before it gets released. That's the feel-good story. You guys are entering the game of the seltzer industry. You guys are fired up. You have big things coming. Back Pocket is willing to do whatever it can to uh, drink them, to evolve the yeah. hype into new, new, uh, new, new, uh, new levels. I mean, new it's going to be Bolo Cello next year, right? Oh, yeah. yep. Bolo Bocella. Bolo by Bocella. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. Uh, absolutely. So this has been awesome. Deck, do you want to wrap it up? Um, yeah. I think uh, kind of back to your point where you were talking about um, – podcasting is like active journalism mm-hmm. for guys who don't like to write right um and that was exactly this i think i got a lot of benefit hearing you guys talk a lot because you guys are a very good speakers b have a lot on your on your mind and are also brothers so i think there was like a lot of good vibing there um and i hope you guys got like a ton of benefit from it as well yeah absolutely this, this has been a blast thank you for having us on yeah 
Frick yeah, dude. Awesome. That's yeah. Next time we'll we'll bring we'll bring Mark and then he'll be like, what the fuck are you guys talking about? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we get lost in the back. Yeah, yeah we'll, we'll I'll, kick I'll just replace. Yeah, kick one of us out, dude. We'll let Mark come in here, no problem. Andrew's chair's comfier, so if that makes a difference, just get okay. a slightly bigger couch. Yeah, it's we- a sectional. We have we can find another. Sectional. Yeah, yeah that's guys, what I mean. Were you guys like comfortable sitting? I in feel these? great. This, yeah, this. Yeah. I remember the I remember the chairs. This is this is great. This, this is way upgrade. better, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, I love that. Awesome. We're improving. We're improving. That's a wrap. Time, but you know